Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm not Joe. I'm Clark. <laughs> I think Clark's been on the podcast before. Once or twice, yes. And uh, I was really itching to have an H. Upman Vintage Cameroon, which is a cigar I keep in my humidor. I just called Clark and I said, hey, you want to just sit down and talk about what happened, politics, current events this week? And he said, sure. So we got this cigar burning. It's been burning for about five minutes. And uh, let me give you the press on the cigar. The H. Upman Vintage Cameroon features a Nicaraguan binder wrapped around a filler blend comprised of tasty long fillers from the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Peru. When combined with the spicy wrapper, the medium-bodied H. Upman Vintage Cameroon is one of the finest Cameroon-wrapped cigars available in the world today. Wow. And um, I don't think I wrote the price down, but it's probably... It's it's probably under eight dollars, so it's like it's got a great price point and it's a great medium-bodied cigar. Um, now, when we get to the end of the podcast, we'll tell you what it's supposed to taste like, but we don't read that up front because we don't want to taint our our opinions. We're unbiased, just gonna, right? Puro. And um, so, to start off with, it is medium-bodied, so it's not going to be like a powerhouse flavor-wise, but. I've had this before, and I keep it in my humidor. I think it's a beautiful medium-bodied cigar. Just to tell you right up front, I'm already biased. You got any input, Clark? It is nice, yes. Mm. First time having it. So. As far as I know. A couple things. First of all, it the retrohale, you can just power it through your nose, and it's um, you might just get a hint of spice, but it just really intensifies the flavor. The retrohale is nice. It's not burning at all. So I, I kind of like that because with a medium-bodied cigar, that kind of helps accentuate the flavors. The pre-draw was was just light and sweet. Not much happening on the pre-draw. Um, it looks like a beautiful cigar. It looks just a smidge oily, but not super oily like, like some of them do. But as far as flavors, for the first like five, ten minutes that we've been smoking it, um, I just I love the sweet that just lays on my tongue and it stays. Like, it hangs around, usually, until the next draw. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I would call it a woody sweetness. I'm, I, I might change that by the time we get to the next update, but for now, I'm going to say it's woody and sweet. Maybe a, maybe a little floral sweet. Um, and I, I purged earlier, too, and there was kind of an earthy mineral... Clark said slate, and I. What did I say? I limestone. I said limestone. He said slate. So mm. we're, we're we're kind of in the ballpark there. Granite, yeah. Granite, granite. There we if go. Granite has a taste. That's yeah. What it would be. And so it was a, a minerally taste on the purge, which was still good, going with that sweet woodiness on the tongue, and maybe a hint of floral. That's all I got so far. Um, so I'm going to try not to talk this up too much. Let's, I already know I love it. So, um, but I'm going to try to be as unbiased as I can. And uh, just give you what I'm tasting. Anything else to add, my friend Clark? Um, yeah, I'm. I concur with you for the most part. It's not a strong, spicy, robust. It's just a nice, mild, mellow, flavorful cigar. Maybe not even mild. It's just a medium, yeah, um, flavorful cigar. Yeah, sweetness. Um, nothing overpowering. Good balance, I guess, if you can say that for a cigar. I would say. We've said that a couple times, Joe and I, on cigars, and we have to because when we say it's consistent and balanced, it almost sounds boring. It's mm-hmm. like, but that's not what we're saying. No, <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> well, well integrated, maybe mm-hmm. another term too. So, yeah, mm. it's, it's a good cigar. I love letting the smoke blow out of my mouth really slow, so it kind of lingers in my like nasal. So I'm getting a little bit. I'm drawing just a hint of it back in my nose as I as I let it come out of my mouth. Um. But, uh, okay, and that, that's the cigar. The H. Upman Vintage Cameroon. Wonderful cigar we're enjoying tonight. And um, I asked Clark, I said, hey, I, I know he, he cares about the world and cares about people. And I just said, you know, we could smoke a cigar and not, not talk about politics. But no, let's, let's get it. Let's turn it on. Let's do it. So, so um, hot topics. Yeah, woo! So here's... Here's uh, some things that have been going on. We can talk about just about anything. Uh, let me let me run down some highlights, and we can kind of pick mm. uh, some Illinois school curriculum, California school curriculum stuff, mm. um, 
Senate Democrats are threatening the Supreme Court. Um, Jeffrey Epstein, kind of a big deal there. Um, then this uh, public charge thing with regard to immigration. I don't know if you heard, heard about that. Those those things are kind of kind of in the oh, wind. Yeah. A couple of those. I guess, I guess I should come here to get my news because some of them I'm not familiar with as much. But yep. Well, well, let's start with that public public charge thing. That's an easy place to start. I charge think. charge. So I didn't even know what the phrase meant when I first heard it. I had to kind of think about it, and then they explained it. But I guess uh, back in 96, there was this law put into effect. Who would that be in 96? Clinton? I can't remember. Bill Clinton. Yes. Bill Clinton in 96. And uh, they passed this law that basically said it'll be pretty hard, almost impossible for you to get your green card if you are an immigrant... Even if you're legal, it's, mm-hmm. I, it was my understanding. Even if you're legal, it'll be hard for you to to get you know your whatever whatever you get stuff renewed or get whatever if you are <clears> on the public dole. If you're getting money from the government, if right, you're public getting, assistance yeah. of some sort. Yep, exactly. And so um, the what happened was it hadn't actually since then it hadn't been enforced much. There were kind of some very minor rules and some things that were put in that's like oh you know. It's not really important that you enforce this law. Kind of, they were they made a good hard law, but then kind of didn't really enforce it. And apparently, Trump's people just said, "Oh well, let's hey, this is on the books already. We're not passing a new law. Let's just enforce this." Which I think is even even if you think it's a bad law, I think you should enforce the law. And if it's a bad law, change it. So if you think it's a bad law, get your congressman, your senator, get them to get them to change it if you don't like it. But it seems reasonable. You know, if you're just coming here to milk off the citizens of the United States, then maybe mm. it would be all right <clears throat> to say... Well, right, if that was your primary intent. Yeah. But um, often, I think it's maybe a second or tertiary intent or consequence, too. I, I have a little story, small story to add to this, I suppose, if that would help, too. Okay. Um, I had um, <clears throat> someone close to a family member of mine enter the United States from another country... Um, 10, 10, 12 years ago or so. And so, and I'm not sure if they still do this or not, but you had to have a quote-unquote sponsor here, someone who could financially sustain you if, for some reason, you were unable to sustain yourself. I I don't know if that was a set time period, maybe a couple years, two, three years, or I don't remember if it was indefinitely, but initially when you you came to apply for citizenship or just for you know, like a green card or whatever, you had to have somebody, a quote-unquote sponsor. Uh, and, and, I had, and I was that person to say, uh, I will be responsible mm. for this person when they're here. So I don't know if it was like a interesting <clears throat> initial thing to say that, okay, they have somebody that's going to be responsible for them to say they won't go on public assistance. But, you know, maybe after, and maybe it was a set period of time, maybe it's three or five years or something, and maybe, if, and, and, and that can happen to any of us, I suppose, if we hit bad times, then... That's an sure, option too. Sure. If we don't have a job or income or something of that sort, so, so I think yeah, then that, and that may still be the case. I, again, that was probably about twelve years ago. I'm assuming it's similar. Yeah, and of course the, the the left and the media, which is kind of the same thing, tend to be hitting pretty hard, at, which which I think is, um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm obviously biased. This 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 podcast is, is biased. I think we we know we were our everybody's biased. Yeah, yeah everybody is. So. To some degree, um, some direction. But, but the fact that the left would even say that this is this is racist, it's horrible, and you know, it's like, well, whatever. Okay, if it's bad, like I just I fall back to say, think if it's bad, change it. You know, if the law is bad, yeah. change the law. That's true. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, let's let's make sure that um, people that are coming here aren't just coming to to mooch. Treat them like they would an American citizen. Sometimes uh, an American citizen, <clears throat> you're you're free to to make your life how you want it to be. If you fall on hard times. Although I don't like public assistance, it's there. You know, treat them just like they would any an American other, citizen. Any other person here. And uh, but if you're, you know, and you you, you can't prove intentions. But well, if they, no. but if they've been on the public dole for a while, then you could say, well, golly gee, we're not going to renew you. You know, I'm not sure that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess every, I mean every every time something like this comes up, you can always come up with cases that are, I guess, show extremes of the pros and cons of any law, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean that's what media tends to do too. They'll say, well, look at this situation. If if this happens, or 
same thing with abortion. Well, what if this were to happen? And then is that still a, a valid thing, you know, or whatever the thing you're arguing is? Mm. But for this, I think it's, it's reasonable. I mean, and, and especially if people coming in are have an expectation of, yeah, I will be. Um, and I would say for the most part, throughout the history of America, most people coming to America are determined to want to make a better life for themselves and do work hard, I would say, too. And I, that's been my experience with people I've met who have immigrated here and want to, you know, and I mean, some probably work harder than some mm-hmm. Native, and I'd say Native Americans, but yeah. second, third, fourth generation Americans as well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it does seem... To, to be reasonable to expect this. And um, the other thing I want to... And I don't do this enough on the podcast, but the, I think there is a difference, and it's important to mention, between what is law and what is charity um, and what is moral. Because I think it would be a good law to and it might be a hard-lined law and say, you know, if you're taking public assistance, you get sent back. But that doesn't mean that we're uncompassionate. That doesn't mean that we're mean people. We can still say, that's the law. And then people that care can step in and say, wait, maybe this should be an exception. Maybe we can start a charity that helps people that get sent back, either to help them go back more comfortably or help them fight for them so they can stay on some exception and, Mm -hmm. and have a bunch of people sponsor them and agree to support them for two years to get them back on their feet. That's where... We can be compassionate. That people get blur compassion and law, and laws are to be hard and specific. The compassion comes, you know, after the law. Um, and in saying that, I also want to throw out for all the leftists that might say I'm racist. I want to say they're right. I am racist. I favor Latinos, Hispanics over most other races. Um, Maybe Indians and Hispanics I favor over blacks. I favor them over probably Russian, uh, um, probably Italian descent people because I speak Spanish almost fluently and I like Latinos. I like Hispanics. I get along with them well. I spent some time in India, so I like people from India. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of racially preferential, but I'm the other way. I, you know, I'm actually uh, you know, a racist in favor <clears throat> Of well, Mexican people, so specific depends on the know. definition of the word. So, racist is is generally used in at least in our culture today as a pejorative term, right? It's a, a derogatory term towards someone, typically, right? You're a racist, meaning you quote unquote favor some people over others or whatever. But I, I would say, and this is my definition of a racist, means you have certain views and experiences of people of different races, right? Whether, mm-hmm. regardless of what they are. And I think everybody in that respect is racist because whether you grow up in, um, uh, uh, you know, in a small town Iowa where everybody looks the same or whether you grow up in an, um, somewhere else in a different part of the world, your your views of certain people are, I mean, are, are formed or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just influenced by those around you yeah, pretty much yeah so and i think i mean the first time i ever heard strong racial slangs and slurs was when i was i was a uh, must have been high school <clears throat> we were um doing some farm work uh i think it was detasseling walking beans must have been detasseling and there was a somebody from i would say asian descent on our group who yelled across the field a lot of uh um N-word stuff? Yeah, a lot oh, of okay. negative uh, racial terms at somebody who I don't think he even knew. just was a different color than him. So, hmm. And it's like, where did that come from? You know, I don't know. It wasn't really something I'd heard much other than on TV, I think. Well, agree. so it, it's funny that you shared the experience. I'll share an experience that happened with my, my, my father. My, my grandfather um, was probably less this way than my dad was. My dad was just a, just kind of an ass, period. So the fact that he didn't like people of certain races, mm-hmm. just kind of, that was just part of him being an ass, I think. Not, I don't, I don't think it was, he was a horrible racist. He was just a jerk. Well. So, but he actually said, well, that, and he mentioned in my name, I can't remember the guy's name, but he said, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. He's a, re- he's a real good N-word. Mm-hmm. And I was old enough at that point to be like, why do you... And I, in my brain, I was just thinking that the N-word meant he was a black man. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
Why do you have to say he's good? Why? Why isn't he? Why isn't if he's if he's a black man or not? Is isn't he just a person? And I was like, why do you have to say he's good? And my dad actually explained to me that most black people aren't, <laughs> but that one is. But he is, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I'm and so <clears throat> he was like teaching me to be racist, and I. But at that point, I was old enough that I wasn't sure that I was buying it, mm-hmm. and um, it just it just didn't seem you know right to me. And I, I was I was a Christian, but I was like, but I was a kid. I was young, so I'm just, you know my, what my dad said mattered some. Mm-hmm. And but <laughs> I was also an influence. Yeah, him, and yeah. I was I'm still I was rebellious, and he he wasn't a good dad anyway, so wasn't around a lot. So his opinion didn't matter as much as some dads might. Mm-hmm. But I was but thinking back on that, it's like that's a that's a huge deal, you know, for someone to hear that and for. You know, someone to mention that, hmm. and but I, I agree with you. It's generally used as a pejorative. But the word, but you can be racist, and it not. It, I still think it's wrong. But even if you're, but, but there are ways you can be racist that aren't as bad. Well, it can be less direct. Yes. Well, yeah, but yeah. like I say, like I like Latinos better than black people. Why? I I speak Spanish, and I don't know very many black people. You know? How about black Latinos, though? Oh, now that would I'd probably really dig them because they'd have really cool <laughs> hip hop music, and they'd speak Spanish. In Bermuda. I don't know. <laughs> that was probably. really stereotypical, but I hope I hope not enough people listen to this podcast that it'll matter, and I'll get in trouble. So, but um, but yeah, so um. So yeah, is that is that enough about the public uh, yeah, charge? Yeah, so thing? public charges, whether it's good or bad, yeah, I, I guess it's just reinforcing what it is. I think so. But yeah, you can. Um, I guess back to I guess any topic too. You, you can um, you can get uh, you can put a spin of any sort on it, either positive or negative, depending on what your what your intent is. I guess yeah. true. But when it comes to a law, everybody. It, Everybody should be treated this. Every citizen yeah. in a country should be treated the same under the law. And if you, but, but they're not. I mean, even just look at traffic laws. People aren't treated the same. So you know, there's times I broke the speed limit. I wasn't pulled over. Or there's times I was pulled over and I wasn't given a ticket even. And there are times that I have been. So, but why is that? But that's happened to that <laughs> everybody. Guy, but that's happened everybody. to everybody the same. <laughs> you know, we would say generally the same. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I if you if you can't specifically say that you were let off because you weren't black, because then I it's was not white, wrong. That's probably why, because it's white privilege. It, perhaps I think it might just be because, because I don't know. White. Now that I'm now that I'm older <laughs> and I'm nicer to cops when they pull me over, I hardly ever get a ticket. When I was young and snotty, I got tickets all the time. Oh really? Hmm. <laughs> anyway, now um, that you're old and snotty, it's just not as yeah. Reinforced. I'm just like. <laughs> Hey, officer, how's it going? <laughs> Glad it's not raining on you right now as you come out to give me this ticket. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> probably probably enough about that. All right. So, although I, I tell Joe I'm not really the, I'm not in charge of this podcast, I, I do want to put a little bit of a, a disclaimer or a, or a, I, I don't want us to go down conspiracy theories too far if we, if we jump and start talking about uh, Jeffrey Epstein, because um, we could we could talk all night on all kinds of conspiracy mm. theories. Yep. Well, so but I but I think we have to t- we have to talk about this as far guy. as why he's dead or what do you mean? Well, we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. Um, I like his name's Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. I might have said Eric. I, I call him Eric by accident. No, you sometimes. said Jeffrey. Did I, did, I couldn't remember his first name. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. So there's I like distilling the news because this isn't a news podcast. We we want to distill down to the values and what we actually believe, what we believe is right. And sometimes in my heart, there are things happening. There's some turmoil, and I can't always get to what's right. Because part of me, when this happened, it's like, at first I was like, <laughs> so a pedophile sex trafficker is dead. Why do I care? <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm like... Well, some people say that that's faster justice than would be otherwise. But then there's other people who say that he didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to stand trial. It's a, it's a quick and easy way out. Suicide, assuming it was suicide, mm-hmm. is always a, probably the most selfish thing. Is ultimately a selfish thing, right? Yes. You don't want to yes. have to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with. Well, yeah, and he, it, assuming that it's suicide and he, he lived his life the way he wanted to live it, he, he committed suicide at the end... Um, he broke our laws. I didn't like the fact that he broke our laws. And okay, he's dead now. So why why am I upset about it? 
Um, Why are you upset about it? Well, I I wasn't particularly upset about it. Still, I'm not. But um, it was either Andrew Clavin or somebody else I was listening to. I like to give kudos to people that clarify things for me if I can. I'm pretty sure it was him. He started saying that the reason it was bad is because this is a guy that we wanted to keep alive so that we could say, wait a minute, there are 20 other bad people out there that we might be able to deal with if we can get some information from this guy. And that would be better if we could get 20 other people that are bad um, as well. And I, I hate to be na- admit that I was naive, but I didn't, I didn't even think about that. And then, of course, all the conspiracy theories come up that all kinds of powerful people could have done all kinds of horrible things on his sex island and then if he had this information oh. they could have had him killed oh as far as others yeah. involved in it I see yeah what you're saying, yeah man. and I'm like which there's still some I mean I'm sure they've come up with evidence of you know what who who's been involved with things that he's done mm-hmm. and so you know and part of the question is you know is it just an association or were they participants in yeah. illegal activities then too that's really the question right so yeah and when you're that rich and you're giving money to political people well you're I mean, uh, I think it's reasonable to think that you could... Your association with them could be construed as implicit, or it could be construed as um, promoting whatever it is that they are doing. Right, but I also think on the innocence side, it would be reasonable to think, oh, this guy's going to give our party $150,000, great, I... Yeah, yeah, call him, I'll Mm -hmm. I'll fly with him somewhere to talk (laughs) to him, I'd like to talk to him about, you know, what matters to him, and then it's like, it'd be pretty hard, I think, to never have an idea of what he was about but but I could at least see someone being a little you know take the money have a few beers with him okay great awesome you know and not not be a pervert not mm-hmm. you know not be going to his island maybe have a pretty good idea of what he's up to but not know it for certain you know the the even Donald Trump, yeah, he's, yeah, he tried to distance himself from him, even yeah. though he was associated with him at one time too. So, mm-hmm. so, so anyway, but that I, I didn't, I never, I never get too much involved in thinking, you know, how people handle things in prison. But you know, if if they let this guy commit suicide, that does seem to be a really bad thing. Like we dropped the the justice system dropped the ball. Not to give him justice, but to give justice to the people. Right. We dropped the ball and we let him kill himself, if that's what happened, and I'm pretty sure it is. I have no reason to doubt it, at least at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but, so, any any other in, input, insight on that? No. Oh, we're... I, ha- go ahead. Are we all right? Um, I think, ultimately, you know, I, I think people that are caught in whatever legal activity should have to face... Um, face justice to some degree too um so i think yeah i don't think justice would necessarily i think the truth is coming out about what has happened and yeah. it still will eventually <clears throat> let me let me ask part. you this mm-hmm. let's say he was one man that did a whole bunch of bad things and didn't have any information to turn over it was just him he couldn't talk about anybody else that was involved should we let him kill himself in jail <laughs> i mean in as much as we can prevent it um no, I think that's the that's, that's the goal. Is they if you're on suicide watch or whatever, I think that's the goal is to have them ultimately face whatever justice is doled out. So I I don't think it's uh, I kind of go back to a scenario. I mean, if it's just him, I mean, I I think if people are guilty, they should be found guilty. If people are innocent, they should have a chance to prove their innocence as well. So I mean, and. And sometimes people can be guilty, but there's not enough evidence to prove that they are. And so sometimes cases aren't brought, and sometimes even when the cases are brought, that they're not proven guilty by the jury. So sometimes justice isn't innocent. I mean, that's that's evident throughout history. There's people in jail that are innocent of whatever it was they're accused of. There's also people that are guilty and are not in jail. So there's injustice on both sides there, right? Mm -hmm. But our goal of the justice system is to get it right as often as <laughs> possible. Yeah, yeah. All right. We actually, we had a, we were having a lot of fun talking. We actually shot, cigar shot, shot past our cigar update pretty pretty quickly there. Um, so, um, if this matters to anybody, my ash fell off pretty quickly. I don't know if I quite had an inch. It was close. 
And Mine did after 10 minutes after yours, I think. Yeah, so they were pretty close, but it was, uh, so it wasn't hanging on for a long period of time, and uh, I don't, I don't know that I care one way or the other. If it tastes good, I don't care when the ash falls off. Sometimes that's a sign of how how heavy it's packed or whatever. Yeah, it's an easy draw on this. It's not yeah. real tight. Yeah. So. And I would, gosh, I don't mind if the ash falls off. I wouldn't mind if it was packed too full and I couldn't draw. If I mm -hmm. couldn't draw through it and it had a long ash, I wouldn't like it. But the draw on this is perfect, and the flavors are are great. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell if I'm getting chocolate or not sometimes chocolate and coffee get confused but it's not very strong i'm gonna i if i had to call it i would call it baking chocolate or something That's, yeah i can kind of get that in there too yeah i would call it that right now and again i always take a risk and say i might be wrong here but i'll i'll give it a shot but the predominance is i think woody and floral but i think particularly in the aftertaste there's a that's where i'm getting some of that chocolate mm-hmm and it, there, there's it's might be an earthy an earthy chocolate in that aftertaste. That sweet woody kind of floralness was was hanging on through the through the entire uh, aftertaste. But now it's, the aftertaste is changing a little. But the base taste of the cigar is staying the same. Getting a little stronger flavors now too. I, I think I you're just right. Getting uh, closer, I'd say. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Um, the I wouldn't call this an oily cigar. But it's not dry either. It's just right middle of the road, nice. It feels good on the tongue. Um, I don't. I don't like dry cigars. This one's. Uh, I love oily cigars. This one's in the middle. Tastes good. Mm -hmm. Any any other flavor comments? Mm. No, I think we've covered most of it. Nothing that new. I had a couple accidental retro hails, and they kind of <clears throat> got a little burn there. But oh, that did was, you? Okay. Maybe influenced my taste a little bit, but it's still pretty good. Hmm. All right. Well, what okay. do people say who've never had a cigar and it's it's smooth? That's what they say in whiskey. Oh, it's smooth. It's a smooth cigar. It's a smooth cigar. <laughs> smooth. <laughs> yeah. I I do like I do like the purge on this. I think maybe because it's a medium-bodied cigar and the purge doesn't get bitter. There's there's really good flavor when I purge through my lips and I like what it's leaving on the lips. In fact, it's. It's not just minerally now. It's actually, I think I might be getting a little bit of that chocolate or I might even call it coffee on my lips now that I, if I do that. But we'll come back to that in the, in the, in the next update in a, in a few minutes. But, man, it's a great cigar, the H. Upman Vintage Cameroon. So mm. um, the, the, last, the last thing I wanted to say about Jeffrey Epstein was a general thing. I, 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 think, I, I think I agree with you that... It is somewhat our responsibility to make sure that they they go through the justice process, and if they commit suicide, and it, like, again, assuming it's a person, and we're not protecting them to get information on twenty other people, it's mm -hmm. just the one person's the bad guy. If they kill themselves, no big deal, but I don't think we should make it easy on them. If we think it's a risk, reason we should be reasonable in the justice system and say, yeah, let's let's. This could be a risk. Let's remove some of the things that would make it possible. Protect them because they're a human being. Protect them a little bit. And if it happens, it happens. But put them through the justice system. So like should. What, what should be, so in this situation, say he kills himself, Should what should happen now? I mean, should you still pursue the truth in this situation? There's people that are brought, you know, young girls and others who brought uh, accusations against it. Is that is that justice for them or not? Um, should there and, and inevitably it's probably what's going to happen is they're going to share their stories and whether it be written about or you know things or people say things he won't have a chance to defend himself but he chose this route so he doesn't get to defend himself yeah. so. it, it does seem like there's enough people involved that they can't things won't end here mm -hmm. it'll it'll have to go a little bit further and I'm not you know I'm not a person that gets super excited about all these popular people that may have done bad things and <laughs> that we bring them down because I don't care if you're a pop if you're a well-known person or not. If you did these bad things, I I hope you're brought to justice. Yep. Regardless if you're a senator, if you're a former president, whatever you I don't care. <clears throat> I don't um, know if you oh, I'll just do this one more comment on what you're saying there too a little bit. Say um Probably on a weekly basis, I think um, WHO TV has uh, 
I think I get their Facebook feed, and so they'll have somebody on there accused of uh, sex crime, raping young girls, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's I I'm just, I've never heard of these guys. Probably never hear them again. I, and, and again, it's an accusation. But just the public comments on what what they say about those people is almost as predictable as night and day. Mm-hmm. So they say, yeah, you'll get people on there say, go ahead and you know save the taxpayers money and just shoot them castrate them do 20 other things to them because of these accusations you know and without even having a chance to stand trial yet people people say or somebody who was accused of murder or whatever and then just people like to dole out justice on public media without really even thinking sometimes so but that's just my that's my two cents there so i'm assuming that's probably public opinion people like to condemn others because i think Ultimately, it makes them feel better about whatever it is they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When we can throw stones at others, we say we're more righteous than these three people. Therefore, I feel better about myself, too. So. Yeah, I, w- I always like to say, gee, is there any way we could get all those 1,500 people that made those horrible comments and pull, <laughs> pull them in and accuse them of really bad things and then say, oh, no, let's not. Let's save the taxpayers some money. Let's just shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it comes down to it, we're all probably guilty of different things, so... Well, we're all sinners. We're, we are varying degrees of different things, but you know, some illegal and some not. Now it comes. Get, well, I mean, you've talked about this before. The question between is it if it's if it's still legal, is it ethical? You know, ethical yeah. versus being legal or illegal. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> we get into um, that's that's what some people's full time jobs are. Whether they're a PR person, a politician, mm-hmm. or whatever. With, they can do legal things, but is it really ethical what they're doing? So. Yeah, exactly. And, though, and and I do like drawing that line because, uh, you know, like like I said earlier, I'm, I'm okay with having a law saying that, you know, citizens in the United States have to be protected a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but even beyond that, we might say, well, I think it would still be a good idea to start a charity to help these people beyond, beyond the law, mm-hmm. help them. And um, and I think that's how we need to hand we need to handle things since it's okay. I I don't mind drawing that line between between law, and then still being compassionate with someone who has broken the law. Mm-hmm. Not be the law shouldn't be compassionate. People should. In other words, law is written. It's written down in black and white. The law is something. Mm-hmm. So as justice is doled out, it should be it should be it should be. Um, can't, can't think of the right word, but it should be processed in a way that is black and white. Mm-hmm. The 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 charity, the charity, the compassion and stuff comes after the fact when we can say, "Hey, wait a minute, this person is guilty. This person does need to be sent home. What mm-hmm. can we do? We want this person. These ten people want this person to stay. We want, you know, can mm-hmm. we do something? Anyway, <clears throat> so I want to I want to just maybe sort of report on this. I. I'd like to see if you have any input on it as well. Um, uh, will are you guys going to homeschool? Will you uh, possibly? Okay, not this year, but eventually, possibly. Yeah. Okay, because because we're we're clearly homeschool parents, and we're we're happy with that decision, and and that matters a, a little bit in in the in this next discussion. But um, so the state of Illinois. Has been uh, Illinois, yes, yes, is requiring public school. Uh, okay, I, I want to get this right, so I got to I got to pick up my notes and actually look okay. at it and read it here. There, they require public schools to teach history with the contributions of LGBT people throughout history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so putting an emphasis on that, so it's it's required now in public school by okay. by the state of Illinois. Then in California, there is a high school curriculum that is blatantly anti-Semitic. Now I don't have details on how it's blatantly anti-Semitic. Okay. Um, <clears throat> because again, I'm not I'm not into reporting the news. I'm just kind of giving the facts and saying, okay, um, what do we value here? <laughs> and as as being a home since I am a homeschool parent, it's obvious I don't particularly value public education in the same way. I mean, I mean, I I do think having a federally mandated education program is has has some bad sides to it. Um, I think having smaller, uh, more local control over curriculums and how education is done might offer some. 
might have me be more favorable towards public education, but I really think it is the parents' job, not the state's job, not the federal government's job to educate people. So that being said, we have a big public education system. Very big, yes. It exists. The Department of Education is there, whether I like it or not. It's a large part of our budget. Yeah. So if, instead of arguing whether the Department of Education should be there, instead of arguing that, um, looking at, gee, they're mandating that LGBT contributions in history be emphasized in history class. Well, and I guess the question is to what degree, I mean... I'll give you a 20-second story. I, I took U.S. history probably, I don't know, two, three times in high school, college, mm-hmm. even elementary school. And U.S. history even. And we always started at the beginning of the book, but we never finished it. So we only we basically got just past the Civil War toward Reconstruction, and that was about the extent of my knowledge of U.S. Mm-hmm. history. And I, um, small parentheses, I did go to public school my entire mm-hmm. career. but Me too. Okay. So... So, in essence, um, the contributions of people in the 20th century was, other than what I learned through osmosis or whatever, was pretty much unknown to me. But I, I've learned a lot since. So, but so what's the emphasis, I guess, you know, is that, is it, are, are, was there a huge contribution to, by the LGBT <laughs> community pre-Civil War or not? I don't know. This is, this is unknown to me, probably because it wasn't taught to me, but, so... If it's taught, is it just like a you know one day comment or reviewed, or is it you know? And they're probably part of the curriculum or some curriculum that does it too. So, um, um, I don't know. I guess I mean, if, if I had a child in public schools, I would probably be curious of what they're teaching them too. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, and I'm not anti that. I think there's people. I mean, do, well, we I, I suppose we teach a lot what the heterosexuals did is what as much throughout history too. So, but. I don't think we do. I think we is that teach, an emphasis? Is not, I think we, we teach what people did. Yeah, exactly. We don't we don't put the emphasis on whether they were heterosexual or not. And I think that's so, the point. So I think the goal of it is to somewhat normalize uh, that in our culture, right? That, mm-hmm. That's I think the been a uh, large part of the agenda for that community for some time is to normalize that behavior, which um, fifty years ago was pretty much illegal most places. I think yeah. for the most part. So. Well, here, mm, not want my cigar to go out. Mm. Okay, so who who when I was a kid it was a Billie Jean Billie Jean King. There we go. I had to the think of her name. Player. She wasn't a great lesbian tennis player. She was one of the best women tennis players in the world. And so calling her a great lesbian tennis player is actually diminishing her. Not because lesbian makes her less, but because there are much there are fewer less you're you're making a smaller group for mm-hmm. her to be great in. And so that doesn't actually make her greater. It actually makes her lesser. Well, yeah, it, it uh, qualifies it too. So. Yeah, and so I, I don't, I don't have a have a problem in somebody saying, "Oh, yeah, and by the way, you know, she was gay necessarily because okay, so she was, so she wasn't. Who cares?" Um, but I, but it does seem like if you're if you're bringing it up, you're, you're you do have a point beyond just because nobody brings up this. Oh, by the way, um, Columbus heterosexual. Ah. <laughs> It's heterosexual. Hmm. Because if I said that, people would be like, so what? My opinion of him has changed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, I, I just don't see the point. So, I don't know. It seems seems a little a little sketchy. Hmm. And um, apparently, um, the the California thing, I, I don't know. That, that's anti-Semitic um, curriculum? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, again, I, I don't have a lot of details on it, but it's a high school curriculum that um, basically is uh, pretty pro, um, what's the, is it, it's not, is it BDS, boycott, divest, sanction um, against Israel, it's, it's pro BDS. It's like an it. anti-Israeli type of thing? Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. And, and, and oh, pro-Palestinian type of thing then maybe. So uh, yes. Current, okay. Yes, exactly. And, and. Regardless of curriculum, I, I mentioned this to Joe once. I said it does it does seem a little bit I, I, when it comes to um, world world politics and stuff like this. I'm not, and Joe admits he's not very knowledgeable either. But I don't know a lot. But but if you have lung, cigars going out, mm, okay. 
get this thing burning again. You know it's time for an update. <coughs> Why don't we give an update? I'll come back to my opinion on Jews versus Muslims update. here in a second. Second ash drop update. Yeah, my second know, ash. It is getting progressively a little more stronger as it is. we go. It is, but, um, noticeably. But still, same flavors, just a little bit stronger there. A little more baking spice, a little bit of... Yeah, that's what I was maybe, missing. Maybe it's the wrap. Maybe it's the the wrapper a little bit more too. I don't know. So it's... I w sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. you're good. I'm uh, baking spice is what I was missing earlier. I was tasting it, but I wasn't identifying it. Yeah, you. Thank you for that. Because I yeah, I'll echo that. You're right. But yeah, it's, it's again, it's still decent. It's just getting gradually, subtly a little stronger as we go too. Is it very humid today, by the way? No, it was fairly dry. North wind. Okay, because I'm um. I must, we're probably just talking a lot, so it's it's that it's my cigar's not staying burning, so I'm going to try to work on it a little more oh. to keep it burning here. But yeah, that baking spice is there. Everything else is um, is accentuated a bit. It's definitely the the flavors, and when we say stronger, I don't mean nicotine stronger. I'm not noticing any nicotine at all, but flavor stronger. Hmm. And I actually think the I think that chocolate taste that I was tasting. I'm going to call coffee. I think it's a little more coffee. Yeah, it's I'd say not a little chocolate. bit. Yeah, probably more so coffee, like coffee beans, coffee grounds type of thing, maybe. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm, how's your burn looking? Mine's looking pretty straight when the ash fell off. Yeah, relatively. So close. All right. In, so but. nothing different except just stronger and a little more coffee accentuated, and definitely that baking spice I was missing earlier. Okay. We about the same. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I might try to speed this up a little in between comments here because the pace the pace makes a big deal in mm -hmm. a cigar too. You can start drawing a little faster, and it'll really change the taste. So, hmm. so that's our cigar update. Um, consistent mostly, and and pretty yummy. Just what I was expecting. That's why I like this cigar. Um, okay, so. When you have several countries in the world, I don't know what several is, five to fifteen somewhere in there because I don't I don't have my knowledge of the world very much, but that are Muslim countries, whose and where the Muslim religion part of their their claim in their holy scripture is to destroy this Israel Israel and the infidels, mm -hmm. whoever that may be. Mm -hmm. So if you have five to ten countries represented in a multi-country group trying to say, hey, how do we handle the world? And only one of those countries is Jewish, and eight of them are Muslim. That does really not seem to be a... If the, if the Muslim religion, if the religion of Islam, their goal is to destroy the Jews, then it does seem that that's just going to be a really unfair balance in that organization because the goal is to be anti-Jew. And so if you give every country a vote, you're giving eight countries a vote against the Jews and the Jews only have one vote. Mm -hmm. So in my limited knowledge of the world, I'm admitting I'm ignorant here, that just seems really wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not so I think the question is, I mean, is it a national policy of a country to quote-unquote, destroy Israel? I mean, there's probably, I'd say maybe a handful where that's maybe not explicitly stated, but more in practice some of the people. Maybe maybe that is a goal, but but I'm not sure. But I think there are policies in place by Israel and others around there to, to prevent that. The U.S., I think, traditionally has tried to advocate for them, too, over much of history. Well, but the United Nations is the I couldn't I was blanking. Oh, okay. United Nations. That's the one where there's that's like several thinking. Muslim countries, mm. you know, that can vote against Israel. It's, so <clears throat> it, I mean, the values aside, that I would I would say as as a Christian, the Jewish value system would tend to, you know, kind of parallel Christian value system, and so well, in, in that Judeo Christian ethic, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, it it do, it doesn't seem like. You know, it seems like a state, I guess if a state is going to choose their 
if we're going to have a state-run education system, I would on some level say that California has the freedom to develop their curriculum and do it how they want. If it's anti-Semitic, I think they might run into some trouble if the United States is saying, no, anti-Semitism is wrong, then mm -hmm. the Department of Education might have to say, we can't support California's anti-Semitic <clears throat> emphasis. Maybe, somehow. Well, I'm sure there'll be a lawsuit brought up against it at some point then, if that's the case. So that's our judicial system operates to hold other things. Kind of, I mean, I guess the question would be, is it a hate crime to do that, or is it not? Is it what, Under what law are they breaking and doing so? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you get into, again, going back to it may not be technically evil, but maybe it's more unethical to yeah. do that as well. So Interesting. No, that's the first yeah. I've ever heard of that since you brought it up, so yeah. I didn't know about that. Well, and one of the one of the places where I like to to do the shoes shoes on the other foot, I think is the right thing here. Say, what if we changed it and it wasn't anti-Jewish, but it was anti-black? Um, so anything that you say is anti-Semitic, okay, well let's make it anti-black and see how many people are in favor of it then. And and I think that's a good way to look at it and say, okay, then everybody throws their hands up and say, wait, wait, you know, this is a problem because it's obviously because of a race. They're, they're being biased towards a particular group of people. Well, I'm, I'm so ignorant on that, I don't want to actually go into that too okay. much, but I at least wanted to mention it, and um, then I wanted to... Uh, this, this, was, this was interesting, and so I don't even know where to go with this next topic, but um, so I'll give you the report, what I know. So I'm, uh, I'm in a place where this cigar that feels like it's going to go out. I'm kind of babying it, so it's hard to talk here, so bear with me. Really? Mine's been a pretty consistent burn, I think. I don't know if I just got to a slow burn part in the cigar or something, but it's really wanting to go out. So I've got to... But I don't, want, I don't want it to get hot. Like, I don't want to puff so much that it gets really hot. Yeah, my draw, my draw's about right now, and I think it's going to stay lit. So, all right. So, um, Senate Democrats threaten the Supreme Court... Um, threaten, so I don't think they've filed suit or anything against them, but they're saying to the Supreme Court, Senate Democrats, they're saying, here's the policy, you need to heal the Supreme Court or we will restructure you. Um, so, heal? Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit more information about that in a minute. Um, they're they're suggesting that the Supreme Court is politically biased. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they, they need to, they're using the word heal. They're trying to make it sound good. Oh, you have to heal yourself. You, ha you have to take control of this. You have to become better at what you're doing. Who's you? Oh, the Supreme Court? Yeah. Or we will pass legislation to restructure so that you can't do what you're doing. Well, they're suggesting that what the Supreme Court is doing is political and is biased politically, mm -hmm. and I would suggest that the Supreme Court is simply being constitutional and that some of the Senate Democrats don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, Regarding anything particular? Or? Uh, it, it, was a, it was a real general mm -hmm. threat. They're basically saying, we're, we're going to pass legislation, you know, whatever. I don't think it really has much teeth. Well... You know, my two cents on mm -hmm. this thing? Well, I think the political scene in Washington has been more polarized. Um, you can say Democrat, Republican, or you can say it's been more polarized and more political, and that's and, and it's spilling over into the Supreme Court. People are imposing their view of what's happening, and they're politicizing it, essentially. So, I mean, to a degree, justices are chosen by different presidents, Democrats, Republicans, and approved and appointed based on that, too. But they're, not, they're supposed to be apolitical, essentially. The justices, or the, yeah. ju the judges are they're supposed, supposed to, be, to be. Yeah. But, every, again, going back to, you know, everybody, you can say Ch the Ch decisions <laughs> you made, and then you, you politicize their decisions, essentially. Mm -hmm, yeah. So, to some degree, that's going to be part of that. So, I think uh, the question is, yeah, is it not, things are not going, I've heard they talk, they talked about restructuring, adding justices or doing things like that, which again goes back to you have to um, 
it's a constitutional amendment, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's going to be probably difficult to pass, depending on what it is. Prohibition number two or something like that, yeah. maybe, but yeah. who knows? <clears throat> probably not. So it's going to be difficult to do. So they're kind of encouraging them to, sounds like, heal themselves or, or, I don't know, become less political, I guess. I guess is that the kind of the goal? But it's hard to say. And then who's, who's bringing it up? So if there is something illegal going on, I think they have a, um, a point in saying, hey, you know, this needs to be dealt with. But I don't know if that's the case. I think they're just politicizing um, the judicial system, essentially, or imposing their politics on the judicial system. Um, I agree. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I guess depending on what, what side... Well, what side you're on, I think you can look at some justice opinions and say, "Oh yeah, that was wrong," or it was. But I, it tends to be one way or the other. But go ahead, sorry, right? To no, I, well, I I think when you say it's wrong, you have to say why it's wrong, right? And it seems like that the leftists, and I, I would throw some Democrats in there. I would say some of them say it's wrong because it's not morally right to do that. But a conservative would say that decision was wrong because it's not constitutional. So some people are just saying, I don't like it. My moral values say that's bad. Mm -hmm. And okay, if your moral values say that's bad, then change the Constitution to fix it. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's reasonable for a justice to say it's constitutional. Now, some justices, I would say on the left, have said this is constitutional when it isn't or, you know, or vice versa. Right. Um, but I'm not sure all that matters as much as just it's a pretty bold move for the for the Senate Democrats to even say that. No, probably. And mm-hmm. uh, which I don't actually think is a good move for them politically. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. No, I'm not familiar with the the accusations or topic, but yeah, I think that's that, that's my take on it. Just to overview, probably. Well, so well, if it, okay, let's let's just jump. Not take any more time on this one. Because because I'm because you haven't sure. been here. I know Joe's opinion and, and mine, um, but in in a minute or a little longer, who would be the best candidate for the Democrats to run? Oh, you mean Democratic presidential candidate? Presidential candidate would Ooh. be the best for them to possibly win. Um, some are you talking about just like. A, a person or their the policies or what they're advocating? I'm saying person at this point. Oh, no. Not what policy is best for the country, but what person would best have the Democrats? Well, vote. I don't know, but I'll just tell you who it, who it probably is. Somebody who would embody most of the values and ideas of the Democrats who are voting, because that's essentially who they want to, you know, who they want to oust Trump, essentially. So that's the goal of all of them, I believe, is not. So, <laughs> I think so. Um, I actually hadn't thought of that. Yeah, right. So that would probably, whoever would your candidate that would embody. And there's probably, I don't know, probably three or four different people that tend to maybe fit that. Again, somebody, I, I think I had a friend, probably a mutual friend, who is a, a Democrat who had posted something about the debates or the what they had done, the Democratic candidate debates. And then my comment was, well, I'll just wait for the large political crushing wheel to <laughs> to filter them out until there's just a few left, and then I'll give you my opinions on them because I'm not I don't spend a lot of time analyzing it at this point. So, and I, I mean I I wouldn't say I don't care, but it's not worth my time to pick somebody and then have them go away. But I mean I think I, two things are kind of formulating from what I see. There's several women candidates, and I think. Um, they are given, um, yeah, especially with their ideas and the way they address things, they're giving a little more credence to that too, I think, sometimes. So, um, and you can say what you want, but I mean, the whole thing with Hillary Clinton, but I think, you know, a woman candidate um, who was, and she could have been our president, pretty, it wasn't too far away, um, I think the U.S. is inevitably going to have a woman president probably at some point too. If not, you know, in the next decades, eventually down the road. I think I'd like Nikki Haley, but anyway, but <laughs> but she's not a Democrat. No, so uh, yeah, but yeah. you're you're not so, you're not gonna you're not gonna make a choice. I'm not gonna pick anybody. Okay. No, um, I'll probably tell you who probably won't, but I, I'm not gonna tell yeah. you who I think would be the best. Yeah. And because honestly, I don't know all their policies, and I just hear chitter chatter about different people, uh-huh. uh, a little bit of here and there, after the debates and things. So that's that's all. 
Because there was, yeah, I won't even get into it. But so no, I'm not picking anybody because. 30 seconds. I thought Biden would be their best bet because mm. he would he would pick enough of the mainstream Democrat that right. he wouldn't lose the mainstream Democrats, mm-hmm. and he would still maybe keep some of the some of the radicals. Right. And I think he would be, until, but he started to like every time. And and he I'm, was kind of keeping his hands off things for a while initially yeah. too. But now the people others have drawn him in, so I think he's kind of fighting back with some of that. He is, but he's, he is sounding old and slow, and I don't well, know if that's going to hurt him. Or just not. based on some things he said, which I guess were proven that were I don't know if his his timelines and you know what he said was as, as accurate, and so people were criticizing him for that. I have heard that, yeah. But um, anyway, so that was... So he's I imperfect. <laughs> they all are, but at the yeah. same time... But yeah. but there is something about if your image is that you're old and slow old and can't and handle things, I think that's going to hurt that's, you. Yeah, there, there are... I mean, and believe it or not, the more I see about uh, people that live in America or anywhere place in the world, the way they make decisions isn't necessarily taking all the factors into consideration right. and then making the best choice. A lot of times it's based on something very, very trivial. Mm-hmm. I say that both the right and the left both do this, do they not? It's yeah. like, oh, I like his hair, or I like the way he said this, or I like the way, uh, I think he's a good businessman, I think then therefore he'll make a good president. You know, whatever the case is, you can pick any single quality and just make that your qualifier sometimes. So I, I can sad, but... I can tell you that previous to the last 10 years of my life, I'm 53, I think, Previous to the last 10 years, I didn't have a clue about policy. Mm-hmm. I do now because I care. I listen more. I, I do this podcast. So, but I was that person that you just explained. Mm-hmm. You know, I one thing. Oh, okay, probably this. And 10 mm-hmm. of my friends like him, so I'll... I like I'll their family. Them. They look yeah. like a nice family. All right, so we got to do the, this <laughs> final, the final cigar update. And this is where we talk about what we're supposed to taste. And we're, oh, we're supposed just... To. We're just a hair long Sounds on like you time. Got a case of the spostas. Spostas. <laughs> we should expect an aromatic smoke. By the way, speaking of smoke, I have to say this. Has this given off more smoke than the average cigar? It seems mm. like the foot smoke, it seems like it's really smoky. It is. It's consistent. I mean, yeah. it's like, look at this. I haven't drawn for a while, and it's just Yeah, smoldering. it's just, it, it gives off a lot of foot smoke and just a lot of smoke in general. So expect an aromatic smoke full of roasted nuts. I think there was nuts, and I we didn't hit nuts, but I think it's there. Dried fruit flavors, hmm. followed bad. by woody sweet aromas, finishing off with a sweet velvety balanced smoke. They didn't say coffee or chocolate, hmm. but I bet there was nuts in there, and we missed it. Dried fruit, maybe a hint of nuts. I mean, hmm. what kind of nuts? I mean, maybe a teeny tiny bit of walnut. Maybe that would be. More yeah, because a little bit of that bitter, the bitter walnut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Black I would, walnut, I, would, I should say. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I Dried fruity flavor, I might disagree with, but at the mm. beginning particularly, I was getting some floral. You said floral, yeah. Yeah, so that floral and fruities can sometimes mm. be blended, so I might I might give them that. Um, but I think I think there was some... Uh, I think there was some some coffee in there, too, that, that they didn't mention that they should have. Mm. Um, well, yeah, maybe that's off-putting to people. The, the, the description you gave there just sounds like you could write, write that at almost any cigar, but um, <laughs> and it's just really nice things to say about a cigar, but that's just my two yeah. cents there. But, it, I mean, it's not... It's general, I think. It's not very specific. Well, I don't think I have anything additional to say except this performed like I thought it would. Um, yeah, that was my question to you. Is, is this... Is it experience the same as you've had before with it, is what I would ask of you. Yes, it is. It is what I have tasted before. Um, and uh, it's just, it's what I like about just a nice, it's just a, a really nice medium-bodied cigar. Flavors are good. Um, I enjoy smoking it. And it and it doesn't require a lot of work. Mine did a little bit when I thought it was going out. But in the past, they just, they smoke nice good flavors i can talk and, and it's awesome so anything else to say or we'll wrap it up <clears throat> well i would say i like it when i hold a cigar like this and i'm trying to prove a point oh a point let me tell you something let oh. me tell you something holding it between your two fingers like a piece let, let me let me and then blow smoke in the person's oh. face you're talking to and if you have glasses you take them off <laughs> Be dramatic about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, really dramatic. It's, okay. it's why I'm about what is about four inches now, and I'm yeah, it's getting to the point where you can you can kind of start waving it around without feeling like you can poke someone's eye out. That's but, right. I'm not sure um, if I mentioned this was a Churchill. I should have because this is going to be a long. We're, we yeah, got is. another 15, 20 minutes um, after yeah, the podcast. Here. I would say, depend how far you take it, but yep. 
And so I know it was a good one. So thanks for the invite for this. Um, yeah. I have a. I'll share my opinions on any topic, anytime. Well, not anytime, more or less when I have time with you or anybody else who's interested. So, <laughs> and especially just, if a free cigar is. Yeah, well, that's an incentive, slight incentive. I don't, I, I don't smoke cigars too often by myself, so yeah. I, I, it's more of a communal, a social thing, as it is with other, other things as well. So. Thanks. Well, uh, yeah, glad you could join us, Clark. This has been DougAndJoeTalk.com. Actually, Doug and Clark Talk com tonight, but um, we've enjoyed the uh, H. Upman Vintage Cameroon. Um, it was awesome. That's it for this week. Talk to you later. Thanks.